What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We're going to do a quick week one recap, at least up till the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. If you like the pod, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Google, Spotify, uh, Amazon, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to leave a review. Uh, special shout out to the five-star review by Town Moron, although I think you are probably much more, much less of a moron and more a scholar because you left a very, very favorable review. Either that or it means that I'm doing something wrong. But I think it was very favorable. I really appreciated your your thoughtfulness in the review, so thank you. Um, we are going to talk a little bit. I'm going to talk Ohio State, Notre Dame. I'm going to talk about Michigan a little bit, talk about a few other teams. I, I, I'll start with this, and it's not Big Ten related, but it might be the worst pick I have ever, ever made in my young podcasting career, and I apologize to all of you for my just stupid thinking that I would think Georgia would get upset by Oregon. I was hilariously wrong. Hilariously wrong. 49-3. to I'm done picking against Georgia. I picked against Georgia uh, against Michigan. I picked against Georgia against Alabama. And I stupidly picked against Georgia this week. And it's not that I hate Georgia. I just, it, it has taken me a long time to get uh, on board with Stetson Bennett. Uh, they're tight ends, man. And that offensive line. And Stetson Bennett. I mean, Stetson Bennett was a dude today. I think it's 25 for 31, 368 yards, I think, were, were the totals. I mean, Oregon's not going to be a bad team. They might be fringe top 20, but, I mean, they're not bad. That's a good Oregon team, and they just they just pulverized them, and it was an awful pick by me. Um, also, uh, you know, things I was wrong about, Florida uh, uh, beat Utah. I guess it's an upset. Um, it, it is an upset in terms of ranking. Utah ranks 7th. They went into the swamp. Uh, Cam Rising had a chance to win it with 19 seconds to go through a pick, um, and that was just a tough way to lose. I didn't I didn't get to watch that game, but that was that was much closer. 29-26 was the final. It is tough to go into the swamp and, and win, and that's what Utah had to do. They were winning uh, late in the game, you know. So it wasn't like Utah was outmatched or outclassed. And, I, you know, I think Florida could be really good this year. So and I, I, I realized when we were when I was recording earlier, I had mentioned I was skeptical of Billy Napier. And I realized that was not the coach or the team that I was thinking of. And I was I'm, I'm blanking on the coach now. It was an SEC team, I think, that I was like, oh, man, they're doing everything wrong. It was not Billy Napier, though. And I've, I'm forgetting who it was. Um so I'll, I'll think of it later and, and, and get back to it. Um, so, those, you know, those are two of the big games. Also, Arkansas did beat Cincinnati like I thought. I think the, the final was 31-24. So closer than I expected, although Arkansas was firmly in control at the end of the first half. But Cincinnati came back. They, they were resilient. Um, but Arkansas 
controlled the game like I thought they would. So um, those are all all of my non-conference picks. I was one and two on those. A couple other games that I think were a bit surprising. Um, Rutgers beat Boston College. And I, I think, honestly, I think Shiano just flat out coached Jeff Halfley. But also, they they got a little bit of juice. You know, they they, they had the one freshman receiver. He didn't make the catch, but he made an acrobatic effort at a catch. And I'm like, I haven't seen that at Rutgers in a long time. Like, maybe not since the days of Kenny Britt. Um, you know, Gavin Wimsat, you know, he he was high on a lot of throws. But he he hit some throws, too. And you're like, I, I see the potential. I, uh, you know, it's... it's you know, obviously, it's Rutgers. So as we're talking about Rutgers, there's a different, different level. But you know, I, I, I see a pathway for them to be four and zero by the time they get to Ohio State. Maybe it's a long shot, but I mean, two out of th- out of their three games, Wagner and Temple, they should win those, and then Iowa. Which they won seven to three this uh, today, uh, the hard way. Field goal, two safeties against uh, South Dakota State. I said it would be close in the first half. It was close all game because their offense is terrible. And and this is why why I was so I'm so out on them this year. It's not because I think Iowa's defense is bad, um, and and. Full disclosure, I totally believe Iowa's going to beat somebody by 35 points later this year. And I, I would not be surprised if it's Michigan or if it's Penn State or if it's Ohio State. Because Iowa does this every year where they look awful in so many games and you're like, they've got no offense. And then they they turn you over like eight times and run up the score. And you're like, where was that the rest of the, you know, the year? So, but I mean, Rutgers has Iowa in game four. Um, you know, could Rutgers spring an upset? I, I'm not picking that. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. So good for Rutgers. I mean, I feel like Greg Schiano is doing such a great job. I mean, this is the second straight year he's beaten an ACC team. And this, you know, Syracuse, I expected to be not great last year. Boston College, they've got some dudes. Like, Jurgovich is, I don't know if he's an NFL starter, but, like, he's got NFL tools. Um, Zay Flowers is probably an NFL draft pick at receiver. They've got other guys. They've got speed. They got. They had a good tight end. I'm very. I was very pleasantly surprised for Rutgers. So good job on them. Great job by Shiano getting them up for that game. Um, Maryland was kind of ho hum, you know. Tagovailoa, 290 yards, one pick. Uh, their running back Hemby had 114 yards, two touchdowns. It, it was good to see them shut down a team that they should shut down defensively. So that was good on them. Um, Wisconsin, 38 nothing. That makes sense. Braylon Allen averaged over 10 yards a carry. Good, you know, ho-hum, right? Let me talk about Michigan a little bit. 
um, and Michigan and Michigan State. Michigan, and then we'll get to we'll get to a couple other games too. But Michigan, I just want to want to say they were they were fine. The box score looks more impressive, I think, than it was. I don't know if Colorado State's actually going to be all that. They were terrible last year, and I didn't know what the influx of Nevada transfers uh, coming alongside Jay Norvell would be. Uh, Michigan was good. I think Cade McNamara showed that he's not a national championship caliber quarterback. Like, I thought he was okay. He's just okay. He wasn't he wasn't terrible. But like, you know, he's you know, we were we were all on Stetson Bennett not being quote unquote national championship caliber. He's obviously national championship caliber. Uh McNamara's like five steps below Stetson Bennett. Like he's not I think he was less than fifty percent completion percentage today. You know, and the, the, the offense, you know, Blake Corum ran for almost six yards of carry. I would hope he would run for almost six yards of carry against a Colorado State defense that's not very good. Um, receivers are dropping balls left and right. McNamara was inaccurate. Um, I, I didn't, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't watch a lot when McCarthy came in because it was already 30 to nothing or 30-some, yeah, 30, I think it was 30 to nothing at that point. I was like, honestly, the Rutgers game is more interesting. So I, I, I turned it to the Rutgers game. But, you know, it was about as ho-hum a 51-7 performance could be. So that's that's not a shot at Michigan. I want to see J.J. McCarthy next week when he gets to start. Because quite honestly, I think what we're going to see is that McCarthy is more dynamic, more explosive, has better command of the offense, and he's going to be the starter. I think he should be the starter. Um, so, yeah, a, a good win by Michigan just to, to get things rolling. Next week they get Hawaii, um, who they lost to Vanderbilt by like a bajillion points last week. So that, you know, infinity to nothing next week for Michigan. Um, you heard it here on the recap show. Uh, in all seriousness... Uh, the, the, other, the other game that shocked me, and then we'll get to Ohio State... Uh, Notre Dame, Indiana, Illinois, Indiana. Uh, I think they pushed. I think the line was minus three. I think they, so I think they pushed because they won by three. I'll, I'll be honest. I, good for Tom Allen. I, I knew as soon as I'd picked them to to go winless in the Big Ten, they would at least have one win. So, but really, good job by uh, Tom Allen. I thought Basilak looked. Decent. I thought the receivers looked decent. The defense obviously played well. Tywan Mullen was really, really good in that game. I think Illinois was the better team, and they choked. If I'm if I'm being honest, Chase Brown was the best player on the field, but they turned the ball over, and and the refs missed an obvious touchdown, and that. It should have been a touchdown. I think it was Richardson who had that. Um, should have been a touchdown. That being said, Illinois had a, had a chance to win the game and get a stop, get off the field, and they didn't. And you know, Tommy DeVito threw a pick in the red zone late in that game. So 
you know, Illinois, in a sense, I feel like Illinois, now that they're building momentum, it, they need to learn how to win and finish games. And they, they just didn't. So that's okay. Um, I, you know, I think Illinois and Indiana are both going to struggle to make a bowl game this year, but the good thing is that they're both trying to build momentum. It was, it was a good game. Like, if I'm honest, I like watching it. I was like, this is better football than I expected. And I don't mean that as a shot at Indiana or Illinois, but sometimes you have low scoring games and you're like, this is not great. It wasn't – I thought it was decent football for Indiana-Illinois. Like, I, I just thought there, there were some good plays. There were some high-level athletes. But there's, there's some good stuff happening at, at Indiana and Illinois. And uh, good. Like, I, I want to see the Big Ten be competitive from top to bottom. So, good on them. Let me, let me finish out with Ohio State-Notre Dame. Um. It, it was a top five game, and I think it's important to remember that. Like, it's it's important to remember that this is a top five matchup. And I thought that – I'll start with Notre Dame. I thought – I think they are as good as some people thought they might be. Um. Their line play is really, really strong up front. I think their defensive coordinator and their defense, I thought they did a really good job of confusing Stroud, made him hold on to the ball a little bit more. They, I, I think the backs and receivers were what I thought they were, is that they'll make some plays, but they're not ultimately, they're not guys that you're going to face even that are Michigan caliber. Like, I, I think I think Notre Dame might be on par with Michigan in terms of lines of scrimmage. I'm not sure they're on par with Michigan in terms of playmakers on the outside. Uh, but to counter that, Michael Mayer is a, is a dude. He is every bit as advertised. He had a really good game. Uh, he was in a, a matchup. Uh, a matchup problem for Ohio State, although it wasn't it wasn't consequential, but he was still very very good tonight. So I I thought that was you know I thought it was a good test for Ohio State. I thought Buckner in the first half played out of his mind, and then in the second half he cooled off. You know he made some good decisions. He didn't make any big mistakes, but he's he's he wasn't gonna be. He was not going to be a, a, like an NFL caliber, like I'm going to spread it all around the field. But, you know, he made some plays with his legs. He, a couple, not many, but he made a couple plays with his legs. Um, he he was accurate, particularly in the first half. But, I, you know, Notre Dame's still going to be limited, I think, in the passing game and, and in the running game. I mean, they did not do well in the running game, and I, I don't think that was all Ohio State's defense. I think part of it is you have three running backs who are good, not great, and 
don't have as much you have. They all have a, a role. You don't have an every down back. So ultimately, I I thought it was a good performance by Notre Dame. Ohio State, and and I, I I'm going to try to distance this my fandom from my analysis. I feel like it's, it was a tale of two halves. The first half, and I, I want to be careful how I say this, Ohio State's offense stunk in the first half. And honest, no, honestly, they stunk for 42 minutes of the game. And there's a lot to praise, and I'll get to it, but let me, let me just be clear first and foremost. This is the fourth or fifth big game that Ryan Day has coached where his team has come out tight. His quarterback has not been loose. The offensive line makes some really bad mistakes. The, the penalties are just ridiculous and egregious. They're undisciplined. And... They talk about running the ball, and then they don't run the ball. And listen, I get it's the first game of the season, and you're playing a really good defensive line, uh, a, a very disciplined defense. You know, uh, Brandon Joseph had the big hit on Jackson Smith and Jigba, but at some point, you you got to look at the trend. I mean, if you just go back to last year, the offense started slow against Minnesota. The offense started slow against Oregon. The offense started slow against Penn State and and Michigan and Utah. And listen, I get that against Penn State, you know, they, they, they started to stretch it. But with the level of receivers and the offensive line and the running backs, in the first half, Travion Henderson had four carries. How in the world does your your number one running back, who is a Heisman candidate, have four carries when the passing game's not working? What are you doing? And so I, I I don't know... What is going on? But there is a trend that Ryan Day, and I don't know what it is, but he is not good in the beginnings of big games. Like, I mean, the the only one I can think of that has been that he's been really good at was well, there's the Michigan State game, which does I don't think really counts because Michigan State, it was just an awful matchup for them. It's the Clemson 2020 game. And even that, it took them a series to get adjusted. So, I mean, if you look at both Big Ten, Big Ten Championship games against a Wisconsin team that they beat up on in the regular season, they struggled with against Northwestern. They, like, Justin Fields couldn't complete more than 50% of his passes against Northwestern. I get Northwestern was good that year, but still. So there is something to me. It it just seems like they, they sometimes get scared of the moment. And it's concerning for me down the road because where Georgia can come in and just 
just maul people. And Alabama, like, I think Alabama's probably going to beat Texas by three or four touchdowns next week. And I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Like, Ohio State, when they get in these big games, they just struggle. And, you know, I would, at some point, I would love to see them in a non-conference matchup just throttle somebody like Georgia did today. Because right now, nobody sees them like that. Everybody, everybody talks about them like that, but no one actually sees them like that. They, they want to see if they can prove it. Well, it's time to prove it, guys. So that's, that was my, my thought of the first 40 minutes. Here's, here's my overall encouragement. Jackson Smith and Jigbo was out for most of the game. Julian Fleming was out. Um, Cameron Babb, who is, I think, their, their sixth receiver or their fifth receiver, receiver he was out. Dewan Jones, I think he just false started again. Um, you had new defense. Your quarterback is off. His timing is off. Everything is just not going your way, and you're against a feisty team who's up on you at half, and you find a way to win. And not only do you find a way to win, but all the things that you were concerned about coming into the year, the defense, that D-line is nasty. I don't know if it's Georgia nasty yet, but, I mean, that that's not, that's, that's not a, like, middle-of-the-pack offensive line. That's probably a top five offensive line that they, like, they really performed well in against. And then when the chips were down, Ohio State did not pass to win the game. They ran to win the game. 14 plays, 95 yards. Mayan Williams, their second, their, their second running back, their change of pace back, was a dude. Seven carries, 49 yards in the last drive and a touchdown. When they needed to move the ball, the offensive line and the running back said, get on our backs, we're going to go win this game, which they could not do last year against physical teams. And so where the four, first 40 minutes, they didn't run the ball, they, they kept chucking it, and they you know, kept missing you know, because of the way the defense was playing. They couldn't really go downfield, and when, when they did go downfield, it was a mess. When they finally committed to the running game for the first time, I think, since they had J.K. Dobbins, well, and, and then Trey Sermon in the Big Ten Championship game, they got behind their offensive line and mauled that that defensive front, which is a again a really good defensive front, and they won the game. And so I think there's a lot of props for Ohio State doing that because I don't think like when everything was going wrong, Ohio State found a way to win, which is not what happened a year ago. Like last year, I thought, you know, against Oregon, if things go wrong, you just run the ball. Well, they couldn't do that. Against Michigan, if things go wrong, just run the ball. They couldn't do that. Against Utah, they had to throw. Today, when they couldn't throw, when they, you know, when everything was going wrong in the passing game, every that's that's hyperbole, but when a lot was going wrong in the passing game, the offensive line manned up, pushed those guys around. 
And so that's a very encouraging sign. Um, I, I want to see, I think if, if I had to rank the top three, George is one. Like it's not even a question right now. Like George is the best team in the country after what I saw against Oregon. And then I've got Bama too because I, I, don't, I don't know how good Notre Dame is. I think they're, I think they're a top 10 team. I think, but Ohio State has not proven that they can be that dominant yet. So I, I've got Georgia and Alabama one and two. It as I think about national rating, and and I get that they they beat the number five team in the country, but I part of me wants to see Alabama against Texas next week um, to see how good they really are. But I mean, they were they they crushed they they did what they were supposed to do today. Um, so I got Georgia, Bama, Ohio State as as my top three, and then I don't know, you know, we'll see Clemson on Monday night, see how they are. Um, yeah, so that's the recap. This went a little longer than I thought, but overall, really, really fun day. I I think I'm I'm just very intrigued. I think especially by Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, that kind of that hierarchy of teams, Michigan State, Wisconsin, how things are playing out. Well, one final note, I, I totally missed Michigan State. So actually two notes. Michigan State uh, struggled. Like the, the score is deceiving on that. It, it, I think it was 35-13. But, I mean, they were they were only up eight. Um in the fourth quarter and I, it was 21 to three seemed like Michigan state was going to cruise. And then Western Michigan really came back. And if not for a couple key plays, you know, that, that game gets a lot closer in the fourth quarter. Um, so I, I'm still, I'm still a little skeptical about Michigan state, but Berger had a nice game. I think they had four different receivers catch touchdown passes. So good for them. Uh, good for them. The other, one last thing, and then I'll I'll sign off. I've come around a little bit on Penn State. I, I was pretty hard on them in my in my post game recap on Thursday night into Friday morning. Game one is just weird, and we saw it tonight. I think with Ohio State and Notre Dame. I think we saw it a bit with Cade McNamara. In the Michigan game, things are just weird in game one because you haven't played a real team yet. You've just been playing your own guys. You're still getting a feel for things. Things get off schedule. And so the fact that Penn State came out with a win on the road, you know, Clifford did not play super well, but the fact that he came back and led his team to to a game winning drive that that's big stuff. So, I still want to see more consistency, but I think it's just too early to to write him off. So, that's the recap. That's the recap. Thanks for listening. Um, I'm not sure when I'll drop another episode. If I'm honest, um, I'll definitely get picks out there. I might do a ranking show. I I know I need to, I need to do something about the new playoff stuff. So be on the lookout for that. Maybe Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Um, I'll, I'll try to think through when I can drop stuff. 
This is the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm going to go to bed. Hope you guys are having, have had a fun Saturday. Take care. God bless.